Welcome to the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training Podcast. I'm Daniel Davis, and this week we are on Unit 23, Session 3, titled Disciples Are Found. The kingdom of heaven that Jesus brought with his incarnation and will bring with his second coming reorients all of humanity's priorities, understandings, and thoughts. By realigning human hearts to God's ways about what it means to be blessed and how to practice righteous deeds, as we have studied in the previous two sessions, Jesus turns his disciples' attention to why he has come to bring about this radical reorientation, namely, to seek and save those who were lost. In Luke 15, our focal passage for this session, Jesus tells three familiar parables about a lost sheep, a lost coin, and a lost son. And his point over all three parables was to express God's heart to seek after lost people. In point one, we see that the lost are sought with urgency. The question in the introduction on later page 93 will help your group members begin to grasp something of God's perspective regarding sinners who are lost and then found. And of course, this is part of what Jesus wanted to accomplish with his parables about the lost. Since our focal passage starts with Luke 15 verse 3, use the start of the commentary on later page 95 to set the context for this passage and the three parables. Jesus' teaching was gathering a crowd of tax collectors and sinners, the social outcasts of the day. And the Pharisees and the scribes were aghast at this scenario. They complained, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. A pharisaical no-no. But this didn't concern Jesus. In fact, this was a key part of why he came to earth. So to answer the scribes and Pharisees, Jesus told three parables, each with a similar plot and point. In this first parable, Jesus told about a lost sheep that is found. And in order to find that lost sheep, the shepherd leaves the ninety-nine to go find the one that is lost. This seems like a risky choice from our perspective, but it may not have been at the time. Jesus begins this parable with a bit of audience participation. What man among you doesn't leave the 99 to go after the lost one until he finds it? Jesus is intentionally connecting his audience to the reality of his mission through this story. Of course you go after the lost sheep, and that with urgency. That's what you do as a good and responsible shepherd. So too does the Messiah go after tax collectors and sinners who are lost and need to be found. And then Jesus tells about the result of finding the lost sheep, a party full of rejoicing neighbors. Yet when what is lost and now found is a sinner who repents, there is joy in heaven. More joy over a repentant sinner than over 99 righteous people who don't need to repent, which in actuality don't exist. But that's where the Pharisees saw themselves. So Jesus sets up two categories of people here, those who know they need to repent and those who don't. And the favor of God goes to those who repent. These are the ones who can be said to be found. In point two, Jesus continues his parables, this time teaching that the lost are sought with diligence. You will see that we hit upon our doctrinal point for this session here with the doctrine of election. Now. We all know this can be a touchy subject, so let me advise you in a couple of ways. One, you may decide to skip this element, knowing yourself and or your group, and that's okay. This parable isn't explicitly teaching the doctrine of election, but we can see in the woman's diligent, careful search an analogy for the way God seeks after the lost, who cannot find themselves or make themselves found. Salvation is a work of the Lord. So again, you can skip this element. That's one point. Two, election is a biblical truth grounded in various places in the scriptures. 
and the explanation of election provided in this doctrinal point is word for word from Article 5 from the Baptist Faith and Message. If you choose to present this doctrinal point here in this session, then I hope you can do so with confidence. For my own part, having studied the scriptures, I am confident that God's word teaches these two truths. God is sovereign, and human beings are morally responsible. We may struggle to see how these two are complementary and not contradictory, but they must not be with God, and I trust Him. But perhaps the key point of this doctrine comes at the end of the statement. It excludes boasting and promotes humility. With God's sovereign hand in our salvation, we must come to the conclusion that we cannot boast because we are sinners dead in our sin. And we must be humble because we have done nothing to earn our salvation. God is gracious, and this leads to our regeneration, justification, sanctification, and glorification. So we don't boast in ourselves, but we praise the Lord alone. Now, returning to the parable of the lost coin, when the woman finds it, again we see a party of rejoicing neighbors and friends. And this again hints at the rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents. By now, surely it was dawning on the Pharisees and scribes that Jesus was indicting them for their complaining and accusations against him. The tax collectors and sinners weren't to be shunned, but sought out with urgency and diligence so that they might repent of their sin. And the proper expression of rejoicing wasn't to be in one's prideful separation from sinners, but in response to the humble submission of sinners in repentance to the true ways of God. In point three, we come to perhaps Jesus' most popular parable, the parable of the prodigal son, in which Jesus taught that the lost are sought with compassion. Now we enter a story in the human realm. A son disrespects his father, takes his inheritance early, and leaves the country to waste it all away. From the outside looking in, no one has any sympathy for the son. He cuts his ties, burns his bridges, and scorns everyone who loves him. All of the fallout that he received, he deserved. And if we are honest, we probably relish in his just deserts. And in this, we align ourselves with the Pharisees and the scribes who question Jesus. And if you read on in the parable with the older brother. But that's a study for another time. So, as we are looking down upon the prodigal son, Jesus turns the tables. The son makes up his mind to go home to live as a servant, knowing he deserves nothing more and far less. But while we despise this son from the outside of the story, the father on the inside is looking for him, scanning the horizon for the profile and stature of his wayward son to come home. And seeing him still a long way off, he runs to him, throws his arms around his neck, and kisses him. The son can't even get out his rehearsed speech before the father begins the restoration and celebration. The Pharisees and scribes couldn't grasp this, but we should be able to because we have lived it. We have been that son, and through our repentance and faith in Jesus, the father's words are true of us. This son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And when we came to faith in Jesus, all of heaven celebrated. So if we have experienced this salvation and received this boundless compassion from the holy God of all creation, then we shouldn't look down upon sinners, but carry Jesus' compassion to them through the proclamation of the gospel. Jesus died for sinners and rose for our justification and eternal life, and all who repent of their sins and turn to Him in faith are welcomed home by our gracious and loving Heavenly Father. What amazing grace! And with that, 
If you have access to the leader pack, I'd encourage you to use pack item 9 to lead your group in singing Amazing Grace, because this hymn fits so well here. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound, that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. The Pharisees and scribes criticized Jesus for welcoming sinners and dining with them. In response, Jesus told three stories depicting God's heart to search after the lost with urgency, diligence, and compassion. Heaven rejoices over all sinners who repent and trust in Jesus, the Savior who came to seek and save the lost. Because we believers have been forgiven of our sin through Jesus, we should celebrate the Father's goodness in welcoming home any repentant sinner, joining in the rejoicing of heaven over the lost being found. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.